You know, it's, um, it can be quite a challenge sometimes for a pastor over the years to uh, come up with something fresh um, at Thanksgiving um, and something that maybe would energize us. Um, I mean, on the surface, you might think, well, how much can you really say about Thanksgiving? Um, but, you know, I've preached various messages over the years, and all week long, God's just been pouring something on my heart. So I want to do something a little different. I want to tell you what I'm thankful for by way of testimony. I'm laying it out in point fashion. But I, I really thought through these things. You know, I can tell you, you know, we can all say we're thankful for God, we're thankful for our family, we're thankful for our home, we're thankful for all of this. And, and, and those things are important. We shouldn't just brush over them. But I wanted to, wanted to maybe get more personal in it. And so the points that I'm going to share with you today are a little different than what I normally do. Normally I, I try to bring out points right out of the Scripture thoughts right out of the Word of God, verbs right out of it that you and I can apply to our lives directly. Um, this is more what I'm thankful for. So as I go through these, I want you to, to take what I'm saying, and you'll see right away what I'm talking about when we get to the first point, and, and apply it to your life in some way, okay? I'm going to talk about maybe marriage at some point, and may, or, or, or a mother and father, and Maybe you didn't have that. Well, you might not be able to be thankful for it like I am, but maybe what you can be is you can be the good father that you didn't have, or you can be the good mother that you didn't have. And so I want you to take these that I'm, that I'm sharing with you today and apply it to your life how, however it works, okay? And so this is kind of a testimony of the things that I'm thankful for. And so I want us to read Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Let's stand briefly. I'm sorry to make you sit and then stand again, but it won't hurt us. Uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. And we stand in honor of the reading of the truth of God's Word. These two verses say, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord. Now let's stop here. How did you and I receive Christ? We are saved through what? By, by grace, but through what? Faith. Faith. So, just, so then, just as you receive Christ as Lord, just like you did, apply that same faith that you put in Him when you received Him as your Savior into living your life daily. It says, continue to live your lives in Him rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with what? Thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness should not be something we talk about once a year, and it should not be something that we think about once a year, but a spirit of thanksgiving, a heart of thanksgiving should actually be the foundation by which we come to God. Remember in Philippians, we talked about, you know, um, be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication and through thanksgiving, 
Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts through Christ Jesus our Lord. Notice the thanksgiving part in there. Even in our prayer life, we have to have a spirit of thanksgiving. It, it's, it's one of the foundations that, that, that helps us to put into perspective everything that we go through in life. And so he says here, as he's speaking, as Paul is speaking to the Colossian Christians, he's reminding them and he's saying, just like you receive Christ by faith, you continue to live your lives in him, trusting him, and then being rooted and built up in him, being strengthened in the faith as you were taught. And boy, make sure you overflow with a thankful heart. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. As we have this beautiful day of thanksgiving here at JBC, we are thankful for all that you've given us. And I pray in Christ's name, amen. So I hope that the message that God's given me will be a blessing to you and you'll see some of the things that you're thankful for. And I would also add this as I open this up. Something I say here may cause you to think of, well, you know, he's thankful for that, but it brings something else up in your mind to be thankful for. So add it to your notes if you take notes. Write that down, what you're thankful for. So I'm going to jump right in. Number one, I'm thankful for parents who raised me with discipline, morality, accountability, and faith. I'm thankful. I had that. I grew up in a home with a mother and a father. It wasn't a perfect home. And we had issues, but I'm going to just say this to you. When somebody qualifies what they say and say, you know, I, 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 I was raised by parents, but it wasn't a perfect home. Does anybody have a perfect home? Because if you do, I want to meet you. Did any of you grow up in a perfect home? Did any of you grow up with a perfect mother? And I know some of you adore your mother and you think she's pretty close to it, but she's not perfect because she has wanted to kill you at some point. <laughs> You know I'm right because she told you one day, she goes, I brought you into this world, I can take you out. <laughs> and though you may have had a great father who was a great provider and, and he treated your mom with great respect and loved her and he wasn't abusive, um, but I'm sure he made mistakes at times. I'm sure he probably didn't tell you he loved you as much as you wanted or maybe he was hard on you and you didn't appreciate it at the time so you didn't have a perfect home life none of us did but I'm grateful for the parents who raised me and I'll never forget and this is how much this meant to me but I'll never forget I'm the oldest of four children my dad sat on our weight bench my brother and I had a had, had a weight set and a weight bench in our room and he sat on the edge of it and he put his arms across the um, the, the, the bar there and, and he was looking at us, and he says, boys, I need to talk to you. I need to have a man-to-man a -man talk with you. Me and your mother are having some problems, and uh, we're probably headed for a divorce. And uh, we're probably, that's probably going to happen. You guys need to be aware of that at this point. Crushed me. Destroyed me. The thought that our family would be broken up. As imperfect as it was. And at that time, mom and dad were struggling in their relationship, and they were having arguments that we wish they wouldn't have had, and, and, and stresses were upon them. And I will never forget 
what that conversation did to me. Now, I'm here today to tell you that thankfully it didn't happen. And I hear people say all the time, well, it'd be much better for kids to have peace and not be in a home where their mother and father are not getting along, you know, and, and to have a better life and, and all of that. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, my mom and dad didn't get along all the time, but the thought of them not being together and us not being a family was more excruciating in my heart and life than whatever we were going through. Because I knew together as a family we could make it. And so I had parents who weren't perfect, but they raised me with discipline, morality, a sense of what right and wrong was. And they held me accountable. And listen, though my parents at the time weren't what we call born-again Christians, uh, we did have a Christian ethic and we did go to church from time to time we were not converted we were not redeemed at the time but that was important to my parents and what it did for me was it planted the seed of truth in my spirit and a search for truth so that when I truly found the Lord Jesus and understood what it meant and that religion doesn't save you, that a relationship with Christ does, then we brought that to our parents and eventually they came to know Christ. But it was what they taught us early on that put that seed within my heart. Are you putting the seed of God's Word into the heart of your children? And so I'm thankful for how I was raised. I'm thankful for the discipline. You know, they talk about helicopter parents today. You know what helicopter parents are, right? Parents that hover over their children and everything. See, we had a different saying. That meant something different when I was growing up. It wasn't called helicopter parenting. It was called helicopter whooping. Because when I got a spanking, it was like, wow, you know. Hit what you can, but I'm not letting you get it for free. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> uh, yeah, discipline, yeah, discipline. Uh, but my parents disciplined us in different ways. Different crimes required different punishments. And I'll never forget, I was, uh, we, we, had a, we had a Batman set. It was the coolest Batman set. It, you had the Batmobile, cooler than anything made today, man, I'm just telling you. It had the Batcave, it had the whole thing. And, and I used to put it up on a shelf because my little brother, who I was four years older than, he, was, he just would break all the stuff. So I didn't want him to get his hands on it. And um, one day, it was, Mama had put it on the lower shelf and my brother was trying to get it. So I took it all and I put it on the highest shelf that I could in the closet. And I was standing on, on one of the shelves and I broke it in half. Made out of, uh, out of pine board and just pop, it popped in half. So mom comes in and she asks a question. See, what we didn't know was that we really weren't in trouble. She just wanted to know what happened and who did it. But we didn't know that, and I for sure didn't know that she had good intentions. And so my first thing was, uh, he did it. And my little brother's looking at me like, uh-uh, 
And I said, and Mom said, boys, I'm going to ask you one more time. Look at me. Who broke the shell? He did it, Mama. I'm telling you, he did it. He's a big, fat liar. That's what my brother would say to me. And I was like, well, I'm skinny, but anyway, you're a liar. You're, You're lying. You're mean. You're lying. And I'm like, I'm not lying. And Mama said, okay, boys, this is what we're going to do. You put your, get on your knees, put your face in that corner. You get on your knees, put your face in that corner. And you will stay there all day until the truth comes out. Well, the whole time my brother's just crying and calling me names. And, and the more names he called me, the more I said, well, I'm sticking to this lie. And mom didn't relent. And finally, when my knees couldn't take it, and if I ever dropped, you know what I'm saying? You ever done that, right? You ever been on your knees and they're hurting so bad that you... And mom walks in the room, paddle to the behind. Get on your knees, boy. And finally, after about an hour and a half, I couldn't take it no more. I confessed. Ironically, I believe that's when I first became separated from God. I believe that's when I truly knew what sin was because I saw my brother suffering and I loved it. I'm just being honest. I'm a rotten, stinking sinner, man, without Christ. And so, but my parents, that's how they raised us. Discipline, morality, some things that are right and wrong, accountability and faith. I'm grateful for that. Number two, number two, I'm thankful that God brought a feisty. Y'all have any idea who that might be? Beautiful young lady into my life who shared Christ with me. You see, life happens and all kinds of things happen. And we forget how God orchestrated things in our life to get us to a place of salvation. And when we lose that thankfulness about whom God used and how He used those people, we lose perspective and we think God owes us. See, I can never get over the fact that I was minding my own business. I was a teenager and, you know, um, getting ready to turn 17. And this family with the exact amount of kids, the same age as we all were in our family, moved in right next door to us. And there was an issue with them that was a little different than us. Though we went to church some, they were truly Christians. And I remember my buddy, Peter, when he moved in, I said, where were you? Uh, where have you been this morning? And he said, well, we went to church. And I said, well, I went to church. I didn't see you. He goes, well, we don't go to your church. And I asked him what church he went to. He said, well, we go to First Baptist Church. And I thought, oh, no, that's not a real church. So that was the way I thought. And that, that family moved in, and God orchestrated that. Well, it just so happened that the mom of that home, Aunt Kathy, was Penny's nanny. Now you say, what nanny? See, in the Cajun culture, her godmother. That's nanny. In the 
for, for the, the godfather for, a, for a, a child in the Cajun culture is a parent. But that was Penny's nanny. And Penny's nanny, for my birthday, cooked a spaghetti supper for me, and she orchestrated it in such a way that Penny would be invited and would be there at the same time that I was getting there. And that's how Penny and I met. And I'm going to tell you, God is my, is my witness. This is exactly what I thought when I saw her. I went, hmm, she loves me. <laughs> and the second thought I had was, I'm going to marry her. But there was this little problem. She was this Christian girl. You don't want to go party and drink? Nope. Don't do that. And then some, and Peter looked at me and said, do you know who her daddy is? I ain't afraid of her daddy. His name is Junior. Sonny Charpentier Junior. They call him Junior in Cajun vernacular. And then I started hearing stories about him, and I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't want nothing to do with her. Her daddy seems to be like a killer. Mm -mm. First time I went to Penny's house, they had an old garage that was converted into a, an indoor room. They had a pool table in there. And I went over to play pool with Penny and Pete, her cousin. And so the house was up a little bit, so there's upstairs. And so I heard this unbelievable voice in Cajun. Penny! Who's your guest? Who's your visitor? Bring him up here to me. And I looked at Peter and I said, what was that? And he goes, that's Penny's daddy. This is God's honest truth. I ran out of the house, got in my truck, burnt rubber, and left. <laughs> Don't want nothing to do with that. But God had a plan. And he brought these Christian people next door to us. And he brought this girl into my life through those people. And she shared Christ with me. And I got saved, and it changed the entire trajectory and direction of my life. And I'm forever grateful for what God did there. Number three, I'm thankful that God moved upon my heart so that I could trust Him and have a relationship with Him through salvation. I wanted to, like, spell that out like that. God moved upon my heart that I could trust Him and have a relationship with Him through salvation. I went to church, y'all, but Christ didn't live within me. I thought going to church, that was your duty? This is the stupid mindset that I have. I know I shouldn't use that word. It's word we told our children, don't use the word stupid. But it was the dumb mindset that I had. Okay. The mindset was, if I go to church today, the saints will have a chance to win. I'm talking about the football team, the New Orleans Saints. If I miss church, they don't have a chance. Well, I found out it didn't work either way because they lost all the time back then. That's all, I, that's all church meant to me. But I always had this nagging thing deep in my heart about death and why are we here. I went to catechism and I went to confirmation classes and I had a lot of questions And it wasn't until 
those people moved in next door to me and I met this feisty young lady who was not afraid to share her faith and then and then I opened up the Bible for the first time and I began to see what God says in his word and I truly came to a place where I believed that the Bible was the word of God and when that happened God changed my heart and I gave my life to Christ and I got saved and I will never get over giving my heart to Christ that changed my life for eternity I've never gotten over it and if you're saved and you gave your heart to Christ X amount of years ago and it's just ho-hum to you now, there's something wrong in you. It should mean something to us. And every now and then, coach will come into my office and he'll look at the spot where he prayed to receive Christ. He, every now and then, he'll look up there at, at, the, at, the, uh, at the baptistry and he'll go, man, I, I remember that, 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 that means so much to me. That's a special moment. It's when I... When I publicly declare my faith in him and my life changed and went a different direction, that's special, right, coach? Never get over that kind of thing. So I'm grateful for that and thankful. Number four, I'm not telling you how many points I got. Number four, I'm thankful for a home church and a pastor that cared for me and loved me in my spiritual infancy. A home church and a pastor that cared for me and loved me in my spiritual infancy. Man, when I got saved, my family rejected me spiritually for, for a while. They didn't know what in the world happened to me. My vocabulary changed. I quit using four-letter words. I started being kind to my mother started to try to respect my father. I was no longer trying to hide my devious behavior from my parents because I quit doing those things. And my parents were like, what in the world's happened to our kid? And at first they felt like I was rejecting the way I had been raised. So I didn't have a family for a little while but I had a church family. I had a pastor who was teaching us the Word of God. I had a youth group and a youth pastor who cared, even though I was only in the youth group for just a couple of months. I had a church that was living it that really loved each other, that really loved the community, that really loved... The, it wasn't just... Ships passing in the night, people coming to church. It was people that cared for each other. We were a family. We ate together and broke bread together like what we're going to do. We hurt together. We, we cared for one another. We were there when loved ones were lost. And we were there when, when we were caring for each other and praying for each other's family to come to know Christ. And we saw so many. In that first year, the year I was saved, our Little church baptized 67 people. Families were transformed. Pastors have come out of that little Cajun church and gone all over America. Amazing. My pastor is still my pastor, and I love him greatly and deeply. Matter of fact, he came here last November a year ago. Y'all remember him, Brother Darrell? Some of y'all told me y'all couldn't understand him. Well, that's your problem. I understood him perfectly. That little Cajun accent.
Your church matters. And guys, listen, I'm not saying this because I'm the pastor, but if you know, you're part of this church and you got something special here, you just don't realize what you have. Oh, I know, I know, I know you got some people in here get on your nerves. They get on mine too. And I know I get on your nerves too. And I love it. I still got a little bit of that. No, no, I got to put the old man aside in. Yeah. Think about this. That feisty girl I was talking about that I got married to. You think I like everything she does? Well, she's, oh, she's looking at me right. I, no, I don't like it. I love everything you do, baby. <laughs> I thought maybe she was in children's church. I thought I'd get away with something. But. <laughs> no. But we love each other. We're married and we have a family and we care for each other. And, and we, we know that we make commitments to one another through good times and bad times. And that's the same thing for a church family. And that's the beautiful thing. I'll say a little bit more about that in a little while. I'm going to say this real quick. I'm thankful for three children that helped me grow as a Christian and as a father. Uh, if you have kids and they don't test every part of your Christian being, I was a nice person before I became a father. I didn't have a lot of evil thoughts after, you know, before that. Be, I was evil, and then I got saved, and now God's working in my heart, and then I get children, and I'm like, who are these people? And you know what? They're people, just like you and me. And that's why we have them for a short time. Thanks be to God. <laughs> but I, I do love them more. Thank you, Kenny. Thank you for coming and getting her out of mouth here, you know. Nah, just messing. Grateful for kids that taught me a lot about how to say I was wrong. How to care about something that was more important than me. You know, when my kids were little, I didn't hunt, I didn't fish, I didn't do any of that. I didn't spend no money on that. It was, it was about clothes, it was about shoes, it was about food, it was about paying for all their stuff. That was the most important thing. And God, you know, the moment we had a child, our life changed, and it wasn't about us anymore. It's about preparing them for life. So I'm grateful for what God gave me in that. I can talk about that forever. Number six, I'll give you these last two real quick, uh, last three real quick. Number six, I am thankful for trials and testing that has grown my faith to maturity. The Bible says, in everything give thanks. In everything, give thanks. And when the Bible says in everything, it doesn't mean something else. It means exactly what it says, in everything. That means you as a Christian are going to have to learn how to be thankful to God even in the bad times. Because in the bad times, even though you may not be able to thank Him for that exact thing that's happening, uh, you, you can realize that through this, God, I'm going to be thankful because you're going to teach me something. You're going to glorify your name. You're going to use this circumstance to bring glory to your name. And in that, I can be thankful. We need to be thankful for trials and testings. 
Um, you know, some of the trials that I've been through, you know, my firstborn being born 10 and a half weeks early, 95% chance not to make it, seven weeks spent in the hospital before she slept her first night at home, but God brought her through it. That same firstborn ended up having her own baby who lived two days and passed away in our arms. But God was with us, and I'm thankful for the life of Kobe Dane Keeler. I'm thankful that I have ringing in my ears, which is called tinnitus, so that I would go see a doctor to try to see if there was something wrong and see if we could get it fixed. And he said, let's have an MRI at the last second to make sure you don't have a tumor on your auditory nerve. And at the same time, we found out, yeah, I, I didn't have a tumor on my auditory nerve, but I had a, a, a tumor on the brain, and it was a, um, a meningioma tumor, and thankfully it was not uh, malignant. And, uh, but it was on my optic nerve, so it had to be removed. And I'm grateful because it was removed and I can still see, even though, you know, I wear glasses. I wore glasses before. And through it all, my head hurts every day. I don't say this. I haven't talked to you about this. You know when you get water in your ear and you thump the side of your head? Sound like you got like a glass of water in your head, you know, or a couple well, that's how the whole right side of my head feels all the time. It feels heavy. It feels like I got fluid all the time. Um, I got this hole that, that, I mean, it's a result of all of that. But I'm thankful that I have my eyesight. I'm thankful that I don't have a malignant tumor on the brain. There's so many things to be thankful for. Okay, I got pain. I'll have it the rest of my life. Okay, big deal. We can deal with that. I'm thankful for some of the church conflict I've been through over the years because I've learned a lot about myself and I learned how to forgive and I learned how to love people and even people that don't like me. So I'm thankful for the trials and testing that I've gone through. I'm thankful, number seven, for a 35-year marriage and a wife who still loves me. 35-year marriage and a wife who still loves me. Can I just share this with you? If you're married to someone that truly loves you, you are a most blessed person. There's not very many people on this earth that isn't your blood, that isn't your kin, that would put up with you and live with you and commit their life to you. And if you have somebody in your life like that, you need to thank God and you need to have a thankful heart. One final thing, because I can go on and on. Number eight, I thank God for you. I thank God for my faith family. This beautifully dysfunctional, varied, becoming multi-ethnic in different ways. This church called Jonesville Baptist Church, JBC as we fondly call each other, the JBCers. I'm thankful for you, my faith family.
Because I look forward to every Sunday being with you, learning from you, teaching you, hurting with you, laughing with you, telling silly stories with you. Every Sunday's an adventure with us as a family. Do you realize that? This morning I had a Sunday school member come out before Sunday school class started and I saw her in the hallway. She saw me and she said, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's so-and-so saying in there? And I'm like, only our class, only our class, we're crazy. We have a, a crazy, loving, awesome church family. And I'm not going to lie to you, it hurts when people leave us and Maybe leave us with bad intent or leave us because they're, they don't want to be a part of us anymore. But I can truly and honestly say that 99.9% of them, if they walk back into this door and saying, hey, we want to become part, we want to be back part of this family and active, we'll hug them and love them and say, thank you for coming home. It's good to have you back. You say, what about the other 1%? No, we don't want them back. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> nope, I'm just playing. I, I, I always got to keep your attention by keeping you guessing, you know. Um, but no, we, we'd love 100% of them if God brought them here. And we're to love all people, right? Not just the people that love us. That's what the Word of God says. And so, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for a church family that when people lose loved ones, man, you step up in so many different ways to help people. And you may not think that what you're doing has an impact on somebody's life. People always ask, Pastor, what do I say? A lot of people are afraid to go to visitation or afraid to go to funerals because they don't know what to say. And here's all I, my, all I have to say to you about that is this. You don't have to say anything. Just be there. And they will always remember that you were there. Being there says, I care. And I love you. And you're there. For people during some of the, their most difficult times. And you're also there during happy times. And exciting times. I'm grateful for my faith family. Look at what 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3 says. Let me close out with this. We ought always to thank God for you. Brothers and sisters... And rightly so, because your faith is growing more and more, and the love of all of you have for one another is increasing. I love that verse. We ought to always thank God for you. I should always be thankful for my faith family, my brothers and sisters, and rightly so, because your faith is growing. I see your faith growing more and more, and the love of, of you, the love all of you have for one another is increasing it's increasing 
That's what binds us together is the love that we have in Jesus Christ. That's why I don't have to like everything that my wife does, but man, I love her. And I know she doesn't like everything that I do because she tells me about it. And I tell her about what I don't like. Not so much so anymore because I just love her through it and she just loves me through it. And it's that love that we have for one another as a family. You know how they make a garment? You know what it starts with? One thread. And when the threads are woven together, millions of threads, it becomes something useful. It becomes a sweater. It becomes a, a shirt. It becomes a blouse. It becomes a pants. It becomes whatever it might be. It, it, it becomes useful and it is made. And that's what church is all about. The, the millions of threads of life experience that we have together in Christ binds us together to make us one. And I don't take that lightly. So today, those are the things that I'm thankful for. As we get ready to go in to the fellowship hall and eat and share our southern food, our comfort food, our Thanksgiving food, your favorite dish, your dessert that you made, let's always remember that we're not just eating together, but we're breaking bread together and we're loving on each other together and we're a family together. And you need me and I need you and we need each other. And all of you are important and all of you have a purpose and a reason for being here. And when you're not here and not doing what you're supposed to do, you're missed and you're family your the body here suffers look there are a lot of churches that have fancier things than us better buildings than us better pastor than what you have um, more talent nicer things But that's not what makes a church. What makes a church is the salvation that we have in Christ Jesus. That makes us a family. And, and, and we come together for one common cause, for one purpose, to share the gospel with the world, to, to, to win people to Christ, to disciple them, develop them, and to keep doing it until Jesus comes back. God planted a church here called Jonesville Baptist Church. At one time it was called Jonesville Missionary Baptist Church. About 153 years ago. Right here. And she's still here. She's still active. This church still has a ministry. It's still a family. It's changed over the years. And it's going to change. But praise be to God. Our God has not changed. His word has not changed. His promises are true. And our mission is still the same. We use different tools to accomplish it now. Who would have thought that little old Jonesville Baptist, you know, anybody anywhere in the world can watch our services 
And that's available to any church. Pretty easy. I'm thankful for the church that we have. For who we are, who we're becoming. And listen, I'm going to even go where Jesus went in his priestly prayer in John. I'm thankful for those who are not yet part of us and will become part of us. Some of our family members who need to be saved. Some of our friends and neighbors who need Jesus so desperately. I'm thankful for this family. If I were not the pastor, this is always a test that a pastor can say. You always say this, if you were not the pastor of your church, would you attend that church? I'm looking to retire here. And my family lives here. And unless God moves me, which I don't see that happening, I'm going to live here. And Penny and I are looking to buy our own place in the near future. And, and, and I'm going to stay here. One day I'm not going to be the pastor of this church anymore. Yeah, I might take a year off and go visit the country and go do a bunch of stuff and whatever. I don't know if that, that if I ever have that kind of money to do that. But what I'm getting at is that is that yeah. I, I, but but this is going to still be my church because we're a family. You follow me? I'm thankful. Let's stand together, everybody. So what are you thankful for? Is there something that God spoke to you about as I was speaking that was in the same vein of what I mentioned or maybe something totally different? As we bow in an attitude of prayer, what about, what about maybe this? What about you've not kept life in perspective and little things have aggravated you and you've been sour and bitter and angry or upset about things that most people in the world would love to have the problems that you have. <laughs> and God has put it in perspective for you. Maybe, maybe what's happened to you is that you've kind of lost your spirit of thankfulness for, for church services and you come in here just with a dull just aggravated attitude about life in general and the bible says we need to enter his courts with praise enter his gates with thanksgiving thanksgiving is a foundation for our worship to flow from and for our hearts to receive god's word are you thankful Maybe you've been stressed out about something with your family and, boy, you're really aggravated with them. Maybe today you want to come to this altar and say, God, I want to thank you for my family. With all their issues and all the problems, thank, I'm thankful for who you've given me. Listen, you can't live this life as a godly Christian without that kind of spirit of thanksgiving. You've got to have it. So I'm going to invite you to this altar, just you and God, and offer up some thanksgiving to Him. Father, we thank You for this hour and this moment and this day that we have, and we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen.